I want to remind you, the Bible says, if Pastor Ronnie could put this up for me, it's just a little bit off of where I'm going, but Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Romans 15, verse 4. I want you to, and I'm, I decided to preach on the floor tonight. just want to be kind of close to you tonight. But I'm reminded of what the author of Romans said. He said, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through patience and the comfort of the Scriptures we might have hope. So tonight, that as you look at the Scriptures with me tonight, as you engage your heart and your mind into the Scriptures, I want you to be reminded that this Scripture, put it back up there for me please, this Scripture reminds us that whatever we are studying, it is for our comfort and it is to bring us hope tonight. Isn't that amazing? That Scripture is so powerful. Whatever is written, whatever is written before us, whatever we have in our hand tonight, which is the Bible, it was written for our hope and through that we could have comfort in the Scriptures. How many would agree with Pastor Josh that we are living in a day and age where we need comfort and hope? We need comfort and hope. And this Scripture, the Scriptures that I'm reading to you tonight, I want it to be a source of learning. But not only do I want it to be a source of learning, but I want, to be a, a, want it to be a source of comfort and hope. Sometimes when we come to church, we, we can get in a state where we think we know it all. We've heard it all. I've heard that before. I've been to church all my life. I've, I've heard that. I've heard pastors say that before. And sometimes we have a tendency to turn off our spiritual ears or turn off our heart because we think that we have heard it before. But I want to remind you that even if you did hear it before, the Scriptures were written for us that we would have comfort and that we would have hope tonight. Sometimes even when your physical man is tired and you've worked all day and you're mentally maybe not even here, I'm convinced that according to Paul, your spirit is renewed every day. It goes from glory to glory to glory. Your physical body could be getting older. I mean, it would agree with that. Your physical body is getting more wrinkles and your physical body feels very tired. And, you know, especially in this day and age, we've got to get things sucked up, sucked in, tucked up. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't want to grow old. The physical body is growing old. But I'm convinced that the Spirit of God, through the power of the Word of God, can cause your spirit to get stronger and stronger and stronger and not older and older and older. Can I hear an amen? So you have strength tonight. You have comfort and you have hope because of the Scriptures. And tonight, as I, today, as I was meditating on what to speak, now I know that we're in a sermon series, but I've decided to suspend that till the 10th when we're all together on Sunday morning. So I've decided to veer from the sermon series because... This is more of a spontaneous service, even though we've announced it this morning. I wanted, I wanted to kind of hold off on the sermon series. So tonight, I want to speak to you on divine openings, divine openings. And I was thinking about this today. How many would agree with Pastor Josh that there are times in your life that you have prayed for things and believed God for things, and it seems like the door, the spiritual door was still shut? That, that you have done everything you've known to do. You've prayed, you've read Scripture, you've sought God, you gave extra, you served extra. You, you were even nice to your enemies. <laughs> and it seemed like no matter what you did, the door did not open. Could you raise your hand? How many would just raise your hand and agree with me that I've been there or I'm there right now? The door just does not open. And I'm reminded, uh, Brother Mike, that Jesus said, 
Remember Jesus said to the little boy that was possessed of the demon and his father was so perplexed over him being possessed. Jesus told his disciples that there are some things that cannot come out only through prayer and fasting. There are some things that will never open up. There are some things that will never open up for you unless there is a prolonged fasting and prayer. It's good that we pray together weekly. It's good that we come to church. And you, it's good that you even have a devotional life. But I do believe that a lot of Christians live at a superficial level. that They haven't learned to go to that fourth dimension, as Young Cho calls it. They haven't reached that, that deeper, beyond superficial. They haven't pressed through. I'm convinced that we have labored to pray but I don't know if we know what it means to labor in prayer. We have, we have uh, suffered to pray, you know, so to speak, but have we really, do we know what it means to persevere in prayer? Do we know what it means to persevere till the door is open? Now, I am convinced, if you read the Scriptures, that there are, two, there are several reasons why things don't open up for us. Sometimes doors don't open up for us is because there is sin in our life. There are obstacles in our life. And you will see that in Scripture. You remember what David said in the book of Psalms? He says that, he says he was praying and he said to the Lord that, you know, don't let your mercy and your grace bypass me. If, he says, because I have iniquity in my heart. You see, sometimes I believe that if there is some sort of unconfessed sin or something the Lord is dealing with you about and you're not confessing it and making it right, that could be a hindrance in your spiritual life. Now, I don't have time to read all the scriptures because you know I want to be uh, cautious of your time tonight. So I just want to just quickly mention that number one, sometimes doors are not opened in our life because there is some sort of obstacle or hindrance and it could be sin in our life. And I believe that as Christians, it's important that every day that you are righteous conscious, but at the same time, you need to be aware that we are fallen creatures, we are sinful, and sometimes it's good for us to take a spiritual bath. And I hear an amen. So number one, sin could be an obstacle of why things are not being opened up for us. Number two, I believe that sometimes it's not a sin issue of why it's not open up. Sometimes we're praying with wrong motives. We're praying wrong. You know, it's not wrong that you have a new house. You know, that's not wrong for you to have a new house, but maybe it's just not a priority in your life right now. Maybe God thinks that's not a priority. Maybe there's nothing wrong with having uh, material possessions as long as they don't have you. But sometimes I believe that doors are not open because it, we're praying with wrong motives. It's not sinful, but it's just not a right priority in your life. Your priorities are out of line. The scripture says in Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. Sometimes doors are not open because we're seeking other things instead of the kingdom. They're not bad things. They're just not the things that God wants you to seek after. Now, let me prove to you in scripture. You see, sometimes in scripture, there's the principle of there is some, something, sometimes in scripture, the principles, the scripture portrays that sometimes there's a good thing before a God thing. You know, in the garden, Adam and Eve saw something that was good. It was the fruit. But that good thing led them astray. Sometimes in life, what really hinders us is not bad things. It's not sinful things. We know that. We're mature enough to know that we shouldn't fall for sin. 
But sometimes what gets us distracted is what's good in life. What looks good. It's like the fruit. It looked good to Eve. And that good thing caused her to fall into destruction. It led her down the wrong path. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes doors don't open up in our life because number one, there is sin in our life. It does block the blessing of God. And number two, maybe it's because we're praying with wrong motives. Maybe we're praying with with wrong priorities. Maybe we're not seeking after the kingdom of God first. It's not bad that you're seeking after that, but it's not what God wants you to seek after right now. Can I hear an amen? And I could testify in my life, there's been times I've been seeking after things that wasn't necessarily bad, but I knew that my heart was wrong in praying it. And the Lord directed my path because that is not the path He wanted me to go down. So number one, it's, it's the sin issue. Number two, it's the wrong motives. It's the wrong priorities. That it, Sometimes it just doesn't open. And I am convinced that if you've been in the hallway for a long time and no doors are opening up, you've got to do some self-evaluation here. Am I praying with wrong motives? Is my priorities wrong? Is there sin in my life? You need to do some self-evaluation about this. Number three, I believe that sometimes things don't open up for us is because it's not God's timing yet. God's timing. Sometimes we got to just realize it's God's time. And in God's time, He will do it. You see, God doesn't work at McDonald's. You can't have it your way. God doesn't work at Burger King. You just can't have it your way, you know? God doesn't have a watch like you do. God is on a total different time scale. He's on a total different time uh, schedule. And so therefore, sometimes it's not God's time. When is it God's time? Well, that's left up to God. And if you know that there's no sin in your life and you know you're not praying with wrong motives and your priorities is okay, then sometimes you've just got to make a decision that it's God's timing and I've got to be patient until God opens that door. Can I hear an amen? i just got to be patient until God opens that door. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand in the hallway and I'm going to be patient and I'm going to praise Him in the hallway because I know there's not sin in my life. I know my priorities are right. I know it must be God's timing. So I'm not going to run down the steps. I'm going to stay in the hallway and be patient and wait for God to open the door. Can I hear an amen? You've just got to be patient and wait for God to open the door. In my own personal life, I've often wondered why God hasn't opened the door. Even after I've self-evaluated my life and made sure priorities was right and even asked the Holy Spirit, would you please reveal to me if there's anything wrong? I have to trust God that it's God's timing. It's God's timing. And that is why the Bible says, that's why Paul said that whatever is written, whatever is written, was written for your learning that through the Scriptures that you would have comfort and that you would have patience. You would have patience. You would have patience as you read the Scriptures and meditate the Scriptures. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 says, even through the patience of of learning the Scriptures, you're going to have comfort and you're going to have hope. So if it is God's timing, if if it's God's timing, then how long do I have to wait? Well, you see, that's 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 the question. Yes, C.S. Lewis said one time, he said, when you can't trace God, you just got to trust God. One of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis. And see, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when you can't trace God in your life, you've just got to simply trust God, that God is going to open the door when He sees fit. You know, uh, we can stand in front of the door and use all kinds of keys to open the door up. We can bang on the door and this door ain't going to open. We can do everything in the book, but God is the one with the master key. And when it's His time, He's going to open the door. Can I hear an amen? And I have learned, ladies and gentlemen, that when God opens the door, God opens the door in His timing 
and God opens the door supernaturally. Can I hear an amen? How many is ready for some doors to open supernaturally in your life? Come on, is there anybody that can wave your hand and say, Pastor, I want some doors to open supernaturally because I know that within myself and within my own ability, within my own skill, with my own resources, I know I can't open that door by myself. That is why I've got to wait on God. And when I wait on God, He can open doors and go before me and do things that I could never do myself. Amen. I want some supernatural doors to be open in my life. And as I read the book of Acts, I see, I wrote my dissertation on the book of Acts and I saw a lot of things I never saw before. And and I want to point out some things that I saw about divine openings, how God opens doors when you can't open doors yourself. Now, you may be here tonight and you say, Pastor, i got some doors. i got some children that's away from the Lord. That's a door that needs to be opened. God needs to open the door of their heart to receive the Gospel. Maybe you are in a situation where you're financially at a situation you've done all that you've known to do. You give, you're generous, you've got your priorities right, you're not in debt, but yet it seems like you're at a, you're at a, you're at a crossroads that you just need, you need God to open some doors for you financially. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you've done all that you can do in your marriage. Maybe you've loved, like Ephesians chapter 6 says, to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And, and it's still, it's not getting better. And these are situations that sometimes you got to let God do, that God has to work, that God has to work. I'm convinced that as you wait, God is working. As you're waiting, God is working. I said, as you're waiting, God is working. It's like those two women on Easter Sunday morning. You recall the story of Easter that's recorded in the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, where the women came to the tomb. And the Bible says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were on their way to the tomb and they were having a conversation. And do you remember the conversation? The conversation was, who is going to roll away the stone for us? They were having that conversation as they were walking to the tomb. But do you know what the Bible says? When they got to the tomb, the angel had already rolled away the stone and the angel was setting on top of it. And the angel said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And the women were so perplexed because they just had a conversation. Who is going to roll away the stone for us? The principle is this, ladies and gentlemen. As the women were walking, the angel was already working. They didn't even know the angel was working, but the angel was already working as the women were walking. And I want to encourage you tonight, you need to keep on walking. You need to keep on praying. You need to keep on believing. Keep on reading the Scriptures because as you walk, ladies and gentlemen, He is working in your life. He's working in your life. That's what Paul said, isn't it? He says, for these things were written. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4. For whatever, look at that. For whatever things were written before were written for your learning. You see, I love that. Look at Pastor Josh. What is our mission? It's to love God with all our head. How many knows you learn with the head? Everybody shout a big amen. Head, heart, hands and feet. They were written for our learning. That through the Scriptures, that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, you might have hope. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to some of you? Some of you just have patience with the Scriptures. Some of you just have patience with God. Just have patience with God tonight. Have patience with the Scriptures. It's working. 
as you're believing. It's working as you're walking. It's working. Just have patience with it. Don't give up. And as I read the book of Acts, I see how God, in His timing, opened doors. And I want to give you a few points tonight about how God opened doors in the book of Acts. Number one, I want you to see something. Acts chapter 16. You don't have to turn there. These scriptures will be behind me on the screen. And I want to look at chapter 16. And I want you to see what God did as He opened doors. He opened doors in chapter 16. Or let me rephrase this. God opened things in chapter 16. There were many things that God opened that the apostles could not do themselves. And that is what's so encouraging. As you read chapter 16, you will find that the apostles could not do this in their own ability. They could not do this in their own resources. They couldn't do it. So chapter 16, you see a divine working of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes as Pentecostals, we want the dramatic. We want the gold dust. We want to, we want to see. And sometimes, you know, those things could be legit. But the things I want you to see is sometimes God doesn't always work in the dramatic. Sometimes God works quietly behind the scenes. He doesn't come in the thunderstorm. He comes as a still small voice. And I want you to see how God began to open things that the disciples could not do themselves. They were walking, get this church, they were walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they were walking in the Word. And as they walked in the Word, God walked with them and began to open things. God's favor began to go before them. And when you are walking with the Holy Spirit, He will, have, he will open things that you cannot open. Now, this is what I want you to see. Uh, Acts chapter 16. And I want you to see verse number 10. I want, you to see, um, I want you to see what happens here. This is called the Macedonian call where uh, the, the disciple was called to go to Macedonia. Verse number 10. Now after they had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the Gospel to them. The Bible says... In verse number, um, verse number 11, look at this. Now after we had, uh, is that verse number 11? Go back up to um, verse number 9, please. Yes, I skipped over. You'll see where Paul said he had a vision. And there was a man, a man of Macedonia stood, pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So here's the context. Paul had a vision, sees a, a man in his vision, somebody from Macedonia waving for him to come and preach to them. And of course you see in verse number 10, now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the Gospel to them. The very first thing I want you to see is that if you know anything about the context here, is Macedonia was a closed place. He couldn't go unless the Lord had opened the door. And the Lord had opened a door for them to go to Macedonia. Not only Paul, but the other disciples as well. So the very first thing I want you to see is that it was the Lord's timing. The people's hearts were ready to receive the gospel in Macedonia. And it was at the right time that the Lord opened the door. The right time God opened the door. And so you see, number one, you see an open city was open to them. Open cities. And you know, I'm convinced that we can pray for the city of Galena and Joplin, but I do believe that God works in times and seasons and strategies. And at the right time, 
God will open the city to us as we go ahead and pray. Can I hear an amen? And Macedonia was opened to receive the gospel because guess what happened? The Lord opened the city to Paul and gave Paul the keys to the city to preach to them. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Could we just right now across the building stand to our feet and ask the Lord to open the city to us? Can we do that tonight? Can we just say, Lord, open the city and open the hearts of people to us that they would receive the gospel in the city of Galena and Joplin. Lord, we come to you and we ask you as we agree together in the name of Jesus that you would open right now the hearts of the people in the city of Galena and the surrounding area in Joplin. God, that you would go before us and do what we cannot do, say what we cannot say, and accomplish what we cannot accomplish. We agree, not in our name, but we agree in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth We break the stronghold of the enemy off the city in Jesus' name. And we ask that the angels of God would go before us and open the hearts of the city to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody should just go ahead and praise God right there. Somebody go ahead and praise God for favor. Thank you for opening the city to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as... In chapter 16, not only was an open city opened, but I want you to see something else that began to happen. Now, Paul receives his call to Macedonia, and you read a few verses down, and Paul runs into a woman by the name of Lydia. He runs into a woman by the name of Lydia. Everybody shout Lydia. Now look at verse number 14, Acts 16, 14. And the Bible says, Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. Now hold on. Did God already open Macedonia to Paul? Raise your hand. Now I want you to see what God began to do in Lydia. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God and the Lord... Come on church, help the pastor out today. The Lord... The Lord what? The Lord what? The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Not only did God open the door to Macedonia, but God also opened the door to Lydia so that she would receive the gospel. How many have some crazy people in your family? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Kathy, I heard you. <laughs> How many has really crazy people in your family? Raise your hand. Uh, Nathan? How many believes after you have testified of the goodness of God and you've witnessed to them, they're still closed? but how many believes God could open the hearts of the people to receive the gospel? You can do all that you can do, but then it takes a divine opening for the Lord to open the hearts of people to the gospel. Amen. So Lord, I pray tonight for all those who have people in their family that need to hear the gospel, that their hearts are closed. I am asking you in the name of Jesus, open the door to their heart, that they would receive the gospel. Amen. Amen. Could you put your hands together and thank God tonight. Amen. Open the door to their heart. And what did the Bible say? Her door, her heart was open. So you see open cities, open cities. You see open hearts, don't you? Open hearts. Open cities. The Lord opened cities up. Now God began to open hearts up. He begins to open hearts up. Number two, He begins to 
open hearts, open cities, open hearts. Say it with me. Open cities. And then you see God begin to open hearts. Open hearts. Go on. Look at this. The Bible says in verse number verse number 15 about Lydia. Look at this. And when she, Lydia, and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded them. So not only, get this, not only do you have open cities, not only do you have open hearts, but you have an open house. She opened her house to the apostle. Go back to that scripture. Now this is just some theological, this is a theological nugget I'll throw at you. Uh, all of our liturgical brothers and sisters who think infant baptism is scriptural, they use this scripture, one of them. Household was baptized. They'll say to us, well how do you know that a baby wasn't baptized if the Bible says the whole household was baptized? Isn't that interesting? But, the Bible gives no reference to that, so we can't build a doctrine on that. Can I hear an amen? So we can't build a doctrine on that. But anyway, her whole household was baptized and she opened her house up. So open houses. The Lord opened her house. In other words, the Lord not only saved Lydia, not only did God get a hold of Lydia's heart, but God got a hold of the whole household. Do you know that if just one member of the family could get saved, do you know the trickle effect that it could have in the whole household? Can I hear an amen? The whole house begin to be open to the gospel. Do you see what the Lord is doing? It is the Lord that was opening the keys to the city to Paul. It was the Lord that was opening the hearts of a woman. It was the Lord that opened the, the house of Lydia to Paul so that the whole household could get saved. It was the Lord directing them in this matter. You see, open cities. You see, open hearts. You see, open houses. And then I want you to see what happens here. Now you know, Paul and Silas got in trouble. Right? Look at verse number 16. Uh, Acts 16.16. 16. They got in trouble. Okay? Now it happened as we went to prayer a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by her fortune telling. So you, you see what happens here. Paul, the Bible says, verse 17, this girl followed them, saying these men are the servants of the Most High who proclaim the way of salvation. And verse 18, they did this for many days, but Paul greatly was greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her that very hour. Now let me point out, what the spirit, the demonic spirit was saying is true. Paul is a servant of the Most High God. But the reason that Paul rebuked the spirit is because Paul did not need a witness of the devil to prove to the people who he was. You see that? He didn't need a witness of the devil to prove who he was. So here, here's Paul. He begins to, he casts this out. And guess what happens, church? The Bible says in verse number 19, the master the master of the woman that had the fortune telling, he got upset. You know why he got upset? Because guess what? He lost money. So guess what he did to Paul and Silas? Listen, when you start dealing with people's fortune, how many knows the devils will come out? 
Can, I, can, you wave right, can you wave your hand and say that's true? The devil will come. And they put him, guess what? They put him in prison. They put not only Paul, but they put Silas in prison. And this is what I want you to see that begins to happen. So they're in prison. Verse number 25, Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, how many believes, Pastor Josh, that things always happen at midnight? At midnight, Paul and Silas was praying. They're singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to him. Sometimes you've got to let your praise be verbal once in a while. All right? They were, they were letting the prisoners listen to him. You know, they really, that, that, that master made a mistake. It's one thing to throw one of them in prison, but it's a bad thing to throw both of them in prison. Can I hear an amen? How many would agree with Pastor Josh, you can make it through whatever prison of hell you may be in if you can hook up with somebody that can agree with you and believe with you and pray through? Amen? So both of them is in prison. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, verse 26. Now, I know this is Saturday night, and we shouldn't get happy, but look at the, what the Bible says. And suddenly there was a great earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were... Somebody should shout right there. All the doors were what? Open! So not only do you have open cities, you have open hearts. Am I right? Open houses. And you have open doors. God began to open the doors and liberate Paul and Silas right out. Now can you imagine? They get out of the prison. God opened the doors. Let me say that. God opened the doors. Now it isn't interesting. Paul and Silas didn't get discouraged. Say, boy, this, this faith thing ain't working. This giving thing ain't working. This Bible reading thing ain't working. They kept on singing. They kept on believing. They kept on doing what they knew to do. God opened the doors. God opened the doors. And so, the doors were open, and then immediately, guess what happened? Verse 27, Acts 16.27. Acts 16.27. And the Bible says, And the keeper of the prison was awakened from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open. Supposedly the prisoners had fled. He drew the sword, was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Don't harm yourself, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and you will be saved and your... Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all that were in the house. He took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately him and his whole family was baptized. Are you all ready for this? God can open cities up to you. God can not only open cities, but He can open hearts up. He can open houses up. He can open doors up. And He can open people's eyes open. He will open people's eyes. What happened? This man who was a prisoner, who was the guard, his eyes were opened and he said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your family will be saved. His spiritual eyes were open. He saw something that he never saw before. His eyes were open to believe the Gospel. I'm convinced some people won't get saved until the Holy Spirit convicts them, draws them to a place of conviction 
and repentance. Nowadays, you ask if people are saved, and their reply is, saved from what? What do I need to be saved from? Unless the Holy Spirit opens people's eyes, like the prophet said, there's coming a day where God is going to take out the heart of stone and God's going to give them a heart of flesh and you're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God and you're going to worship me. I'm telling you there's coming a day where these altars are going to be filled and it's not going to be because of my preaching or your singing. It's going to be because the Holy Spirit has opened the hearts of people to receive the gospel. How many believes the gospel still works? God has a way of opening things that we cannot open up. And I'm asking you not to give up. I'm asking you to believe God. I'm asking you to be patient. I'm asking you to stand with tenacity and perseverance. If there's no sin in your life, your priorities are right, then it's God's timing. Wait on God's timing. And sometimes doors will open and you didn't even know they were opened. Sometimes you look back on your life and like, God, you did exactly what I was praying about, but I didn't even know you were doing it.